0: there and welcome back to My Sister is Your Sister. This is Karen and I am so happy to be here with you today. We have so much to talk about. Oh my gosh. Let's see. Hmm. Why don't you grab your favorite beverage and sit a spell and do some sistering with us. We have so much to talk about, so much to share, and we hope that one of these days you'll be able to come and hang out with us on our podcast yes you write us say I want to come on the air and let's do it well let's get back to the program because Kelly's waiting for us Hello and welcome back to My Sister is Your Sister. Today we have Julie Caledonio with us who is an author, a blogger, and our very first in our series about our dreams. I want to welcome Julie and
1: my sister Kelly. Welcome, ladies Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. I'm the biggest fan of this podcast. I absolutely adore it. And I am so happy that you guys had me on. Well,
2: we are super excited for you to be here too, because I mean, I know, um, in speaking with your sister, that how hard you've been working at this. And we're so excited to actually get to talk to somebody who is actively working on creating their dream. So
1: I think this is super exciting. Thank you. It's been quite the journey, but I think I could, let me quote my favorite person over here, Kelly, as saying, live today for how you live tomorrow.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: Yes, throwing that out way
2: out there. I love this. I and love
1: this. If you don't take steps forward, you're never gonna move forward. So that's I the mantra that I've been trying to live with. Um, um to to live I don't to activate, I don't know, to to use um mm-hmm. to kind of push forward with this dream of mine to be a published author. So I've been working at it now. I think I started during the pandemic, uh, writing. And I'm so I I think I'm three years in. So that's and we're we're slowly trying (laughs) to to make it across the finish line.
2: Well, I think It's it's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, agreed.
2: So, Julie, why don't you give us a little bit of back about your background and kind of like where you've started and kind of your journey to get here?
1: So I am a lawyer. I went to law school like a lot of other people. Um, and I went to Duke undergrad and law school and I practiced in Manhattan for a few years before settling back in Florida, uh, with my husband, Kevin, and, but i had always wanted to write. I wrote in high school. I was heavily influenced by my English teacher. Shout out to him, Mr. Perez, who passed away, um, a few, almost two years ago now. Mm -hmm. I still remained in contact with him. Uh, He was very excited, um, when I landed my agent, and I'm so sad that he'll never um, get to know that if I make it across the line. But he was a brilliant writer. Uh, he's very influential. But, you know, it's very hard to pursue the arts and the humanities, uh, the perception being that there's not a lot of money in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just was listening to your episode of Your Dreams. And, you know, it's, it's you know, your bookshop and your and your coffee shop um, together. <laughs> and you know, th- these are things we want. So if your dream could take off and my dream will then coalesce with your dream. And I in your bookshop. Um, I love it. Yeah. So I put it on the back burner, um, trying to pursue something that would be stable. Uh, I think my father, you know, was an immigrant, you know, there's a lot of pressure there to, to make sure you provide and have income for yourself. Mm -hmm. And and then as I journeyed into parenthood, um, which is a a beautiful, um, lovely journal, very grateful journey, very grateful for my children. um, I hadn't been practicing either. And so you become stuck in kind of a rut. And in undergrad as well, I had taken some creative writing classes and I had written um, and had been published in Duke's um, literary magazine. And mm. my cousin was actually really, really the one who was very influential. He loved my blogs and my posts. And he would say, like, you are so clever. You're so funny. People really relate to your writing. You should pursue this. And um, so in the pandemic, I did. And so I drafted my first book. And and, and I had no clue. I didn't know what it all was how you get published. Now I know. Um, I listened to another podcast. It's called The the Shit um, Nobody Told You About Writing. And that podcast was very influential and very helpful in helping me navigate um, how you pursue this dream in a way that um, traditional publishing is what I'm trying to do. You know, nowadays, a l- you can publish pretty much anytime you want on Amazon. You can self-publish. Mm-hmm. Or you can indie publish, which I don't, you know, if that's an avenue people want to pursue, um, am more accolades to them, but I'm still trying to do the traditional publishing, which is, you know, be on, have your books in a book and mortar shop. Um, right. so where I am now, I, I did get my agent and, um, we went out with my first book, which, um, was not successful yet. Um, and then we did this book, the one that you guys um, saw, Just Say Yes. And that mm-hmm. book now is out with editors. And you just hope that an editor expresses interest and that they decide to publish it.
2: So, I mean, that's great. So I, I think we all have some teacher from our background that we think back to fondly Um But this, I feel like, even goes above and beyond that that teacher was almost like that flicker of light kind of to help keep it burning, right? Um, So so I don't know. So I knew you could self-publish on Amazon. So walk us through the steps of, say, okay, so you do your first draft. You have it reviewed by Kevin. Right, you, your husband reviews it. Maybe you have another friend give you feedback, and then, and then what are the steps from there? So, you mentioned getting an agent, so where does that fit in? Do you have to have works created before you go find
1: an agent for sure? So, again, things I didn't know like, I remember finishing my first book and sending it to my friends, and they're like, Oh my god, it's like so good, and I was like, Yeah, and I think at that point, I was just gonna put them on Amazon, and then. Mm -hmm um, they're like, Oh, we'll try to get a traditionally published. And I'm very naive. Like, Oh, okay. Yep. I'm Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 It's just gonna, you know, I'm going to be like Mary Poppins and mm-hmm. to make that happen. And then I realized it's not, you know, like anything in life, you have to invest in what you're doing to be successful at it. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, so I realized you had to get an agent, but to get the agent is a process. Um, it's called querying and any writer listening to this podcast will understand it's it's a very brutal world. You live in there when you're querying because you basically take the first, you know, maybe five, 10, 15 pages of your manuscript and you write a query letter, um, you know, uh, kind of summarizing what your book is about. And then you submit the pages to agents who rep what you write okay. and then you have to wait and hear and the rejection is, it just comes so swift and so steady. Um, And it's hard. It is hard to keep going in the face of so much rejection. Um, This is something a lot of writers face. Um, There are a lot of writers who've gone through two agents. They've gone through multiple books. Um, Anytime I see a published book, I just feel like hugging and kissing that author because I know that their journey to get there was so um tough. I let my children know that too. I'm like that mm-hmm. really hard to make that book baby happen. <laughs> um, you know, because I know Karen and you were saying about, you know, creation and having children and the different variations of what our dreams are. And you know, there's different forms of babies and there's different forms of creativity. Mm-hmm, and like right. you said when you were like people aren't valuing, you know, actual made products that we're making and they're valuing these, you know, you know these synthetic bags, instead from that mm-hmm. are on Canal Street. You know for six dollars. You know that's happening in the writing world as well. You know AI is making its way into this. Right, um, it's and, crazy. Yeah. AI. I. It's,
0: it's crazy. Yep. That's I was working on a background story, and I and I love to write little things um, for role play kind of scenarios. Uh, uh, that doesn't sound right at all. For a but game, for a for a game, <laughs> for a game. I, you know, I don't know
1: what you do there, Karen. I, uh, <laughs> no, it, it no, it's not
0: like trust me, <laughs> trust me. It's so not that.
1: I'm um, judging. And,
0: and I kind of I found this AI thing that oh, I'm a little stuck on you know my character, and I put in. A little information. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I couldn't. And I think Kelly, you had shown you had shown me that when we were working on the name or mm-hmm. our our information for our website. Yeah, yeah. It, I I've
2: definitely used it for help in like communications and things like that. Like I put in my general idea, and it's amazing. I mean, it, it's good and bad, right? It for for something technical, I find it super beneficial. But when you get into the creative space, that's where I feel like it could go down this really bad rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, you know, just as an example, like the the writer strike is still going, right? And it's been going on for how many weeks and it's weeks. Been
0: five months, according to oh. Drew Barrymore.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I didn't think it went that fast. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like you know, I'm sure that that AI, those AI systems, certainly are feeding into that that whole process, right?
1: Yeah. Um, and it, so- I mean, it's you don't think about it in the mm-hmm. abstract. Like obviously, it's going to be a part of this world. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand it. I've seen Terminator, so it's not an avenue I feel like we should pursue. Um, <laughs> very unsure if we just need to show everybody Terminator and then we can all be on the same page. Right. Um, but yeah, Christina was referencing it the other day. And I'm like, no, I don't touch it. And she's like, well, you know, but in general I try to keep to a level of authenticity. I Mm -hmm. still don't like using self checkout, you know, because I know taking away somebody's job and whether or not that's creative or not is a great story. But if we're taking people's work, so what's happening in the writing industry is yeah, they're using these databases and, basically putting like all of Faulkner in there. And I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's Mm a classic Southern author. And then you'll be able to spit out a book in a similar style, you know? Right, Right. And and, and then you're selling it, you know, like one author, they sell the books under her name, but Mm. she she can't prevent that. You know, they're just stylistically, they're not her books, but they're trading on her on her, you know, on her labor. So right. I mean, this industry is about to see, I think, a big change and shift in it. Um, and I just have to hope that we can still value creativity and authenticity um, and different levels of ideas and keep things moving and fresh. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's hard to get into an industry as it's, you know, seeing a huge shift, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I really liked how authentic uh, your starlet was. You know, she she's a independent professional woman and yet you had her gardening and knitting.
1: I loved it. <laughs> so I this, loved it. So this book actually came about from an article I had written um that was in Scary Mommy. Um my vet um, not my vet, one of my friends who's a physician was at the Super Bowl and she was shamed for knitting and it went viral. Um and oh, um, oh my gosh. So that gave me the inspiration. That was pretty much the only, you know, that's all I took from that, you know. Obviously, I was like, let me put this into like a contemporary romance kind of feel, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and then use these characters. And so that's what um drew my inspiration. I thought the knitting angle was really interesting as well. Um, in that obviously she has a level of anxiety and you know, the coping mechanisms that she's using and trying to juxtapose her with Javi who also has his level of, you know, insecurities. And um that's what I was trying to do with my little um my little love match over there. Yeah. I loved
0: it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it.
1: Really well done. Really yeah. well done.
2: So so sorry. I wanna I want to jump back. So you yeah. got your letter out for your agents and you yeah. basically share like a snippet of of your story. And so then you find an agent and then, and then you try and find the editor and publisher.
1: Yes. Okay. So, But when we're saying at uh, this process, like you have to understand mm-hmm. like you're sending these queries out. It could take you five months to get rejection. It could take, you get rejected in a week, you get rejected in five. If they're interested, they'll ask for more pages. Sometimes they just ask for 50 more. Sometimes mm-hmm. they ask for the full. Um, And so where it, mattered that I knew what I was doing is once I listen to other people in the industry, because you have to befriend people who know what they're doing mm-hmm. on that other podcast. Um, and the hosts are extremely, even to this day, you know, they're my mentors. Um, and, and, you know, this industry, you really need to, to build friendships and, Um, when I listened to them and was revising my, I was on their podcast where they critique you, which is never easy, but sometimes people are right. You have to listen to what they're telling you, Mm -hmm. prove your own writing. And then I revised my letter and that's when I finally started getting responses. Um, and honestly, I can't complain. Like the process did take a long time, but not compared to other people's, um, I think what happened is the agent who expressed interest in one of my books requested the full, but she rejected it. And she said, if you have any other work though, please feel free to forward it along when you do another one. And so I forwarded, I had already done my second. So I was like, whoa, okay, well, here's my second. And um, she passed it to her colleague and that's my current agent. Um, Awesome. You just have to keep going, like even when the punches are being thrown. Um, And then obviously we just talked about Part of this industry is also what I learned is building your brand, having a presence um, on social media, having a presence and an audience for people who read. So I started doing my website, my blog um, and building the network of the writing community um, Mm -hmm. yourself going forward. So, I mean, it was crazy. You come from like, okay, I wanted to write my English teacher and I, you know um, would have these conversations. I'm like, I'm going to write a book. And then you're like, Oh, whoa, okay. This is what it means to actually write the book. And this is what it means to sell the book. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, my style of writing is very, I try to be comedic and poignant. I try to write books that people will relate to, but will laugh with, you know? Um, and that's the style of my blogs as well. Um, I can have you laughing and crying (laughs) very quickly. So that's what, um, I'm trying to do, but yes. Yeah, so then you get your agent, and then your agent reviews your book. So this isn't like a quick process. Mm-hmm. Um, she then sends you or he uh, an edit letter suggestions. I mean, this process could take weeks, it could take months, um, at which point, when your book baby is finally done, when you've gone back and forth, then it goes out on submission. Okay. Um, and so my first book um, was not successful the first round. Um, we decided to not do a second round and to go with this other book, um the one that you guys um read, just say yes and then mm-hmm. um but it's also the way the industry works like you 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 know one book's a contemporary romance, one book's a women's fiction, like you you know it's 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 hard to like you can't be having multiple books out does does that make sense? You have mm-hmm. to be mindful of that. so these are all things you kind of learn as you're growing and
2: So that was actually going to be another question. So is it necessary or is it recommended to stick to a specific genre?
1: Uh, I don't think it's – I mean, look at Colleen Hoover. She's all over the place and extremely successful. I do think that, for instance, if Just Say Yes sells, um, there will be the prospect possibly that they want multiple books um, Mm -hmm. in that exact genre. So, um, which is a genre I really adore writing anyway. You know, I already have the second book all planned in my head. Um, But um, I really like writing women's fiction as well. I think they're close enough um, that it's okay. um, And hopefully it would be okay. Like the traction I build in one could help the other. Mm -hmm. um, But I don't know how it would work if, I don't see a lot of writers being contemporary romance writers and then being thriller writers. you know, I don't know if there's a mismatch there. Um, but my other three books are women's fiction, which is also a a name that's falling by the wayside, um, because we don't, you know, some people don't like that we categorize it as women's fiction. Um, that's the, yeah, so I'm writing in a genre that could be also, um, absorbed by another genre any Mm -hmm. 2nd But yes, those stories more have like a protagonist feel and that protagonist is trying to overcome an obstacle. Uh, And then there's like a resolution at the end and a romance will be part of it. But it's not the main um, focus. Yes, it's not the main focus of the story. Um, And so I have three of those as well. Um, And then I have the one I wrote with Kevin. (laughs) So I didn't know about this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Kevin and I um, wrote last year. There's a contest. It's called NaNoWriMo, um, which is the month of November that you write every day. It's to encourage writers to like keep moving forward with their dreams. Uh, it's really easy to write and then get writer's block or not. You know, it's mm-hmm. so Kevin and I last month in NanoRima wrote together um, a book, and um, so that book we've been editing and revising, and um, hopefully. One day it'll go out on sub as well. Um, but yes, that that's our that's our little love story that um that's what we did. We wrote a little book together. Well, that's
0: fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: very fun,
2: very fun. So I'm sorry, I feel like I've been like just hurling questions at yeah, you. Go
0: ahead. You have
2: been. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you <say> <laughs> Let
2: her breathe,
0: for God's sake.
2: So I do feel, so we've talked a lot about like some of the pain points of this process, but like, what does, so I, I feel like there's a lot of things that I've thought about dipping my toe in and I have certain, I have like two book ideas. It's so funny. I have book ideas in my head. One of them is more kind of biographical Um. or, oh, sorry. I'm getting background noise over here. Don't mind my Google talking to me yeah. in the background. um so one of them is like i guess not biographical autobiographical and then another is just kind of like uh um like sci-fi fantasy but more leaning towards fantasy it was based off a dream i had and i woke up and i immediately wrote it down Mm -hmm. but um it's kind of one of those things where i'm like i just don't think like nobody wants to hear my story um so How'd I think, I mean, I mean,
0: maybe. I like writing smut. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, well, I that was, smut. No, there you go. Right. <laughs> so what you're describing is memoir. So these are like two different. Memoir is harder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder to sell if you don't have a built-in audience. Um, for instance, everybody just read uh, that actor from Friends, his memoir, mm-hmm. um, Matthew Perry and you know, people love that, you know. So it is harder to sell a memoir if you don't, uh, this is what I've learned, um, if you don't have access to um, a built-in audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, and then the other one, the sci-fi, obviously, you know, that's different. You know, you cultivate your idea. What I would recommend is you participate in Amo Remo in the month of November. Yay. um mm-hmm. So, but before you do that, I would recommend, and this is where I went wrong when I wrote my first book. Come into it assuming that writing is like anything else and it's a craft, and you have to be familiar with technique and style and structure. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are the things I didn't do. And I just rewrote the first book that I wrote this summer after now having learned all of these things that I've learned, participating in various workshops um, reading, downloading courses, reviewing materials. Um, and I feel like I'm a much better writer now than I was then, which makes sense, right? Like you go into doctor school and become a doctor, like you have classes Mm -hmm. and, um, it was a little naive of me, honestly, to feel like this would be any different. So I think if you have an aptitude and this is one of your dreams, um, I can put you in the direction of some of those resources that will help you. Um, good to
2: know. And I think it's just ironic because, um, when I was in school, like writing was not my thing. I I was definitely more math, science, um, trying to write stories and things like that was not where I was interested, I love to read. I was reading all the time growing up as a kid, all oh the God. time.
0: You, she'd take a book everywhere. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, um, so it's interesting that I never really got in. I wasn't really interested in in writing then, um, and I never did really well with papers that I had to write in school. Um, but looking back, like I feel I don't know, like it's definitely a skill, which leads me to my next question. So, what does your day look like when you say, okay, today I'm going to write?
1: So, for me, I'm very fortunate in that this is my main job now that my children are in school full time. And so that's where the pandemic came in. You know, I was really, with my daughter was home, I, you know, had the kids, and so I didn't have as much time. Um, I did also start lawyering again, um, but for the last year, I haven't been um, because we really, I'm very fortunate that Kevin really believes in this dream as well. And he really wants me to buckle down and and make it across the line. So I would say I write every day. Um, Mm -hmm. If you want a dream to happen, you have to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is, you know, I'm not going to ever say that I didn't give it my all. And sometimes that means the dishes do not get done. um, The floors do not get clean. The toilet does not get clean. And I just have had to learn to let that go. Mm -hmm. I will not let small things keep me from achieving big things. And that's pretty much where my headspace is. So I treat this like a job, you know, and some people don't understand that I write a lot at night. The blog is also something, you know, you have to generate and you have to post and you have to, you know, kind of hope that it builds traction um, to keep a presence on Instagram and Twitter. But yeah, I pretty much write every day. Um, Today, I've been reviewing edits to the book um, that I'm revising. Um, I'm gonna get ready to draft a, a sketch of that the the book I told you about that I had planned in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I am, so I, I I spent pretty much all of August um after our vacations revising my first book, which I feel like is in really good shape um now, and looking at it from the microscope of a more skilled eye, you know, and mm-hmm. tuning the the plot um and then then I just came back to. Um, I think Book of Blues was my, my third book. Um, so that's the one I just revised right now. And that one was dual POV, which means it had two point of views and I actually put it down to one. So I cut a huge chunk oh, of the book okay. and then had to restructure it. Um, but I feel like it's in really good shape. So that's what I've been doing. I'm very fortunate that I have Kevin. He's a good editor and he does help me and he has a really good critical eye. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's every day. Um, And some people don't understand that and it's hard. It's unpaid. Um, to date I've made other than selling my articles, (laughs) I mean, I think I've made four or $500 off of writing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just lucky that Kevin is, it believes really strongly that, that this will happen. Well, I think it's awesome. Thank you.
2: I really do. I think, you know, I So the reason like one of the reasons that this really struck um, kind of like an idea for Karen and I is it, it, I feel like I come across a lot of ideas when I'm in Ubers. I Uber a lot when I'm traveling for work. So <laughs> So I had an Uber driver who um, was taking me to the airport one day and she told me that she had just gotten accepted into flight attendant school. And, um, that the next week she was going to start the courses and, and was going to start working for an airline. And she's like, I've been thinking about this. I've been dreaming about this for years and all of this stuff, like told me about all these hurdles that she overcame to like actually make this happen. And I was like, this is just awesome. Like actually talking to someone who was so excited about what their next step was going to be was, I, I mean, in itself was very inspirational.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think for me, um, having come off of the lawyering and then the the, the children, I think, um, and I, I, that's why I connected a lot with your last, um, I don't know if it was your last one, but the one about dreams. Mm-hmm. It's because there's always a sense of looking back in the hindsight um, and how things are and where they could be different. Um, and so my husband had a very, very hectic, biz, busy, busy job. And I was full-time mommy. And that's fine. And I'm not saying that for some women that isn't enough for them, but I don't think long-term that that was where I would want me to end up. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I'm very happy that I found the writing because I feel like it did provide me a sense of self and allow me to recapture some of who I was before I was a mother. And I think it's really important that we all as women have something that we're very passionate about. Um, I know you're doing your sewing, Karen, with your your mom, and you know, Kelly. I know that you, especially talking to Christina, have been so good about the life plan and all of those things and setting the goals. And you know, I feel like the writing has really provided me an outlet, a creative outlet, mm-hmm. to um, kind of recapture some of, um, you know, who I felt I was, you know, and have an identity. Like my daughter actually got in my car today. God bless her. I just adore her. And she says to me, you know, I told my teacher today that you were an author. And I said, you did. I said, why? And she was like, I don't know. I just wanted her to know. (laughs) And that's really important to me. I have a daughter. You know, I want her to know that if she wants to pursue something to pursue it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she's my kids are also my biggest fans. Um, and then she said to me, and my teacher said she already knew. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> I'm like, oh sometimes I do toot my own horn, you know. <laughs> but um so that was where for me the pursuing the dream really came from. Like the yeah. idea that I don't want it to be like that. I looked back and I didn't pursue something, and I don't want it to be to have any level of regret. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very happy being a mother. I'm very blessed with my children, and I love them. Um, but you know, motherhood can be very all-consuming, um, and you can feel your sense of identity slip um, mm-hmm. when you're in charge of and taking care of. And you know, I walked away from a very high-profile job as an attorney to be that mother. Um, and so there's a sense of watching my husband having climbed the ladder while I'm just back at rung one, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know for women anymore. I just also, I, I don't think it's safe um, to be a stay at home parent and to be dependent and to not have a sense of your own income. Um, you are so right about that. I, it's, I think right. it's, it's crazy.
0: I would say having been uh, a, a divorced woman um and now in my social economic situation, my it it would be life threatening. I mean, it would be like you're gonna live in a one bedroom yeah, wop house if a woman's not working a full time job and having benefits. For sure. Add to the fact so a woman who has children and something mm-hmm. were did be terrible and happen to their spouse, it, it's, it's definitely, it's a horrific situation to even picture.
2: I I definitely have friends that, you know, growing up, um, you know, had single, had single mother um, and, and that was the driving force for them to become successful. So, you know, seeing their mom struggle and like claw for every single thing um, that they wanted to make sure that they were never in that position. And I mean, I think you're right. And, and to be fair, you know, I, you know, kudos to all the moms out there, I, you know, certainly huge responsibility, huge job. And it never goes away, right? It never goes yeah. away. But at a certain point, your kids grow up and then they start their own lives, right?
1: That's so I, I had a friend tell me that yes. exact thing. She was visiting me and she said to me, you know, in a couple of years, Callie's is probably four. And, um, so Logan was probably like seven. And she said to me, maybe, I don't know, maybe eight, he's older, um, And she said to me, you know, in a couple of years, you're going to be, they're going to need you less. And you're like, what are you talking about? They Mm -hmm. need me for everything, you know? And then you're like, oh, as it starts happening, um, I mean, there's always a balance. Like you're not, you know, I'm not the same mother that I was. Mm -hmm. Um, I do, my kids do their own laundry. My kids do their own dishes, my kids, and I'm a stay-at-home parent, but I value this job as a writer, as a job, you know? Um, and so, I, like I said, you can't focus on small things. And I think kids are more successful um, if you give them responsibility. That's how I was raised. And to mm-hmm. your point, yes, my mother brought it. You know, my mother went back to nursing school with four children to get herself mm-hmm. where she was. Now, again, I have a law degree. <laughs> I, can, I understand that, you know, I can have a, a level of a, a job if I need to. Um, and but I was really working at my law job where I worked um, on family law in a setting where we provide legal aid to indigent populations that mm-hmm. I really saw that it's, it's, it's really not safe to be a, a stay at home parent under these laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love my husband and he's great and wonderful, but you can't rely on that, you know, and um, I need to build a sense of, of, of a safety net for myself mm-hmm. um, and for my children. So let's just hope these book babies um, <laughs> are this, or mom is going to go have to go back to full-time law there. <laughs> Uh, prayers all around prayers I, all around I, would, yeah, I can't pray for me uh, because god has too many things to worry about but if you want to pray for me <laughs> we can exchange prayers and that works
2: i'll put it on my list
1: okay. <laughs> peace in the middle east and julie's the baby yes <laughs> will get yes that's the list <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right karen what have i missed
0: Oh boy, you mm, you're you're very thorough today, Kelly. <laughs> very thorough. <laughs> I try. Mm-hmm. Okay. I try. I well since um since we're going here for dreams, I do have a question for you. Uh you've you're a big fan, you've listened to all of our podcasts. How how are what do you suggest in Creating a larger listener pool. Mm.
1: So, I mean, especially with the blog, it's hard, right? So, I think that, like, so I get it because it's hard to, everybody, yeah. everybody's $100 million question, you know? Mm-hmm. How, if everybody's standing up and waving their arms in the crowd, like, how are you seen? Um, I think this is a really smart thing, integrating. we I do a lot of that in the writing community among our, our group. Um, my other friend, Sarah, has a podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, it, we, we try to build each other up. Um, and so... For your group, especially as it relates to women and sisters, Mm -hmm. um, I think those are the branches that I would look into. In fact, when I went today to search for you guys, I saw some groups that are like sister groups. So for instance, I'm a member of a lot of reading groups like Scary Mommy, you know, book club Mm -hmm. things of that nature, you know, because I'm trying to build my audience among people who also read. Um, Also... I befriend people in my own industry, right? So I befriend other authors um, to try to build my base there. Um, Hopefully, maybe they would review my book um, when it comes out. And I I review, you know, for writers, if you're not reading, you know, you you need to know the industry and you know what's selling so that you know what to write, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. Um, So that's what I would imagine if you were to pursue other podcasts, review them that are very successful see their style and see what they're doing. Um, And then so that would be a stylistic thing, like my reading. And then for the podcast itself, I would say that try to build a network among the groups where people are already talking about the issues that you're talking about. So groups for sisters, things of that nature. I just found some on Facebook when I was looking. Um, I try to promote my writing. It's hard because Facebook is very finicky like in my mom's group you can do self-promotion on friday but Mm, mm -hmm. they are very i don't know if you've noticed the algorithms really don't favor you pushing um outside links external links Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been a little bit difficult my family like even my family would sometimes share my blog and it would get tons of views and hits and then you know slowly the algorithm caught on that they're sharing my blog and they you know and you'll see that they slowly shut that down um Mm. So so it's hard I think to build that readership. So I'm active in several spaces I don't know if you guys are. So Twitter, now Threads, Instagram, um all of those things are such a a place to keep building, but you have to follow other people too, you know, right? Like, you mm-hmm. have to be a reciprocal thing, you know. I mm-hmm. I'm listening to you, you're listening to me. I you know, and it's like a, a give and take um so that's what I have found um, in this industry. But I don't know. Are you guys in cahoots with any other podcasters? We are not
2: in cahoots yet. Mm. But we're really good at cahoots. <laughs>
0: we're real good at rooting and tooting. We, we can find it. I guess I didn't think of that avenue of going yeah. into other groups. But This was when Kelly is like, "Let's do this." I'm like, "Kell, we can, we can build a series page on our website." Mm -hmm. And so I, I sent her an email that I hope she'll forward to you about, um, you know, if you want to put a little blurb or a bio, of course your picture, Mm -hmm. your blog, all of that information. I wanna, we want to be able to build up those who. Who give us a chance and let us have an interview and have a chat and you know well,
1: hopefully they reciprocate and that's I feel like right. what a lot of this industry is so most of po- like the podcasts that I love the shit no one tells you about writing um, they are using their own network because one is an author two are agents one is an author um, so they're using a skill that they have you know so that's where they're they're building their base they have over mm-hmm. a million listens um, and but they interview authors, they, they exactly what you're saying, you know, because then it becomes a a give and take and a back and forth. Um, and you're building, um, you're building relationships with people and people are sometimes tuning in to see and hear those people and their opinions. Right. I think this is a really smart, um, a smart idea to try to help you guys. Um, you know, but again, it's hard because I'm sure as you're finding out you can only get so far relying on family and friends. Yes. Um, that is exactly the problem. Um, number one sales representative for Mary Kay, right, in the whole company. God uh, bless her. And she told me very early, like, you, you, I'm not just, I'm not going to be number one in the company by selling to, to, to my family, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm to be number one in the company by by selling to the world. And that's right what she did. And, and that's where you start to realize, okay, how do I build connections with people outside of my bubble? Um, and that's what I would say. I would find groups that are, you know, related to sisters and those, and the way that, you know, I find your podcast very relatable because it taps into something that conversations that maybe I would have with my sister that I haven't or you're putting a spin on a situation or something um in a unique way or, and it's very emotional you know your your emotions are very raw it's very vulnerable mm-hmm. um when you're talking to each other that last one like I, I told you guys like I I was I was tearing up um it was pretty pretty amazing so I'm hoping that you guys can build a really large audience tapping into Karen's wonderful conversation skills yes
0: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I agree. I mean, not everybody can zoom off topic and bring it around. <laughs> so, I mean, that's like a pastor's skill. That's that's a preacher for you. Oh, I that's funny. I can bring funny. that. I can bring it right back to the end and say amen.
2: I love it.
1: You know, I loved when you had your mom on too. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and her little. I was curious about that. That's another avenue, right? Because what is your What did you have your mom on talking about? Um.
2: Um, She kind of talked about like uh, when she met our dad and kind of like that transition because she moved right out of her parents' house into her own home with, with our dad, like got married right out of, you know, she was 19, got married, moved into a new house with a new husband and, you know... A year and a half later, so, you know, had a baby and, and kind of like went from there. Um, So kind of like talking through that transition and and like what that was like and kind of like talking again about like how uh her family growing up because they were a, a larger family and um living out in the country. They were farmers and um so very different.
1: Gail's a fan favorite.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and. I think, because you had her, I think you had her on her twice, didn't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you about the, she was so funny. Um, about the, what is she, Does she sew or? She was yes. Name, right. She sews. She sews. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I that was, um, I thought, you know, whatever, whatever she was talking about there, I was like, oh, I bet you people who, who sew would really love this episode, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I thought that that was really interesting. And I think. Especially when you're using the hashtags, um, you know, try to make sure you're encapsulating everything that you're talking about in that episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you link, like, I know that Instagram is difficult because it's pictures. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you link to a podcast and Instagram. Like, I know now you can link, like, I can link to my blog, but it's you put the picture up and then you have to say, put, see link in bio. And then, right. Link. I think you can do it because you can link to your link tree. Yes. Yeah. We've got our link tree
2: in our bio on Instagram.
1: Okay. Okay. So then you do your yeah. posts and you like talk about, because hashtags for Instagram and Twitter are so effective at, you know, honing in um, mm-hmm. on this one with me, you would, you know, do a lot with the writing, you know, and, and I feel like they really try to um, help attract, attract um, the right people. Yeah. Yeah. The right audience. yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of social media, where can people see more about you? So my website is juliecaledonio.com. I have my blog on there. I've had several articles um, and essays published in Scary Mommy in Motherly. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram um, with my Mm -hmm. handles are generally my name, Julie Caledonio, in, in some form or capacity that um, anybody wants to follow, um, I would love that, and hopefully follow my journey as we all sit waiting on pins and needles to see if not only peace is granted in the Middle East, but whether or not my book baby will finally grow up, make it. Um, yes.
2: Yep. So S- super exciting. Well, thank you again for joining us. Um, I think listening to the story of like what triggered you to get on the path to realize your dream was super interesting and i hope that everybody listening really found it inspirational as well
1: thank you guys so much for having me and just know that i find your podcast very inspirational um tapping into your bond as sisters um has really um, helped me think about my relationship with my sisters so thank oh. you. For- Doing this and thank you for having me on Julie, right, I hope thanks. we can
0: have you back uh, when we can get a update on everything <laughs> going on with you and maybe even uh, touch on the sister relationships and mm. maybe bring on some of those girls.
1: Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't that Christina's be going to
0: be so upset. You made it first. Oh,
1: my God. Well, I think <laughs> I follow faster, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah well, That's them- what I told her. <laughs> The Caledonia sisters are much like the Kardashians, just completely different. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's not clear to me why those women have shows and we don't um, because we're entertaining, exciting, and interesting. Yes. Right. And Kelly, that's echoing your point about who gets the memoir. You know, like who gets the memoir at this point in time? Anybody could be anybody. Um, you know, there doesn't have to be anything specific. So, what is it that triggers you to be? the person who gets the show. And, you know, that's, I guess, a dream that we're all taking. They're actually teaching, influencing now in, in colleges. So oh, geez. maybe my children uh, will learn that life skill and pass it down to me. Awesome. <laughs> and be your be your social media. <laughs> that's why I it have them. Great.
0: That's great. Awesome. But a four-year-old can sit there and tell me how to get to kids' YouTube. <laughs> and I actually... Hannah's three and a half or just turned four. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean? You don't know where it's at kids, YouTube. And I'm like, I don't think I could just type in YouTube. She's like, oh, "It can. <laughs> <laughs> and the eyes are rolling.
1: I limit my children from social media. So my children don't do social media. Um, <laughs> I'm concerned about their brain development and it's very difficult. They're, you know, my son's 13 and, you know, there's all these issues, but I'm on there all the time. Because, I mean, <laughs> I do as I say. You
2: know? I do as I say, not as I do.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly what happens. But all right. Well, thank you, ladies, for having me on. It's all been right, great. Thanks. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Bye
0: bye. Bye bye.
2: So thanks for joining us for another episode of My Sister is Your Sister. We want to thank Julie, our guest, our future aspiring author who is going to make it with her book baby. And thank you to my co-host, Karen, my sister. And remember, take care of
0: you and your sister. Have a great night, guys.
2: Bye. for joining us on another episode where my sister is your sister i'm kelly here with my sister karen don't forget to subscribe and share wherever you listen to your podcasts take care of you and your sister